1: Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment.
2: Here you go, Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. How you doing? I'm running late, like usual.
1: <laughs> well, that's good. At least you're running.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. That's an oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> as fast as you can go, right? Yeah,
2: in circles. <laughs> Take one crutch away from me, and I'll burn your carpet out in a complete circle. <laughs>
1: Well, at least we'd know where to find you. Yeah, I'd
2: still be going in a circle. (laughs) That's right. What's going on in the world of historical events with you?
1: Well, you know, we've talked about various explorers over the years here, and this is a guy we've never talked about because he came along a little bit later, John Wesley Powell. Who? John Wesley Powell.
2: Now, I've heard of John Wesley Harden, but I've never heard of John Wesley Powell. Oh,
1: you will as I keep going. I'll bet you, I'll bet you, I know you've heard of him. Is he the naked mountain man? No, 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 no. Oh. This guy, no, he's got some distinctive features, but that's not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right, here we go. <laughs> but, you know, by the end of the Civil War, most of the West actually had been explored. But nobody had traveled the length of the Colorado River by water. Okay. Oh. Yeah, Jeremiah Smith and other trappers and traders, they'd cross the river at different points, and they even traveled alongside of it, but only high up on the canyon rims. And nobody really dreamed of actually taming the Colorado. In other words, floating the Colorado River down the Grand Canyon. Uh, more to the point, most people said that an attempt would be suicide, but John Wesley Powell wanted to row boats down the length of the Colorado River. The guy was and he nuts. He only had one arm. One arm? So, talk about going in a circle. Yeah, I mean, this guy's got problems. <laughs> yeah, but he was a Civil War veteran, born in 1834 in New York. He was the son of a poor farmer and part time preacher, and the family uh, farmed and tried to scratch out a living uh, from the soil. But Powell never actually went to school, but he studied, and when he was 18, he passed an examination to become a school teacher. Mm. And he got uh, the great sum of $14 a month uh, to teach school in Illinois. But he actually started attending college, and along the way, he developed a huge interest in geology and natural history. Mm -hmm. And during his summer vacations, he traveled through the Midwest. He collected rocks, plants, fossils, all that stuff. Well, the outbreak of the Civil War cut his uh, scientific studies short. So here he is, 27 years old. He enlisted as a private. Uh, Powell was a born leader. In the early days of the war, the troops, you know, a lot of times they would actually elect their own officers and sergeants and... uh, powell rose to the sergeant almost immediately and actually within a few months he was promoted to artillery captain and actually went into one of the bloodiest battles of the war which was shiloh really and in the heat of this battle uh, powell was standing next to the uh, artillery firing and he put up his arm to signal fire and a bullet came across and shattered his right arm mm. and it had to be amputated oh my so here we go he's lost his arm uh, so, anyway, after his Civil War career, uh, uh, you know, he only had the one arm, but he actually helped construct roads and bridges in the South, and he was promoted to major. Well, when the war ended, Powell was unemployed, a one-armed ex-soldier, didn't have too many prospects, but uh, the Wesleyan University uh, in Illinois offered him a major position as a professor of geology with a salary of $1,000 a year, which, you know, that was really pretty good back then. Mm-hmm and he loved geology so he led his students on numerous field trips and uh, uh, despite these good times he was kind of tired of this slow pace in illinois and uh, several notable explorers had led surveying expeditions across the western states but uh, he wanted to play a part in these uh, these explorations so With none of the contacts or financial backing of the great explorers of the day, Powell managed to convince the War Department and the Smithsonian to provide him with equipment to venture into the Southwest. So in 1867, Powell set off on his first expedition with ten others, including his wife, and they got to Pikes Peak, and they climbed the mountains of Colorado, and eventually they came to the headwaters of the Grand River, which is the upstream section of the Colorado.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, although the Colorado had been discovered quite a long time before. Really, there was nothing really known about it. I mean, they, they knew that there was big, huge rapids, and most explorers didn't really want to have anything to do with with floating down the, the treacherous uh, Colorado. So, uh, but it fascinated Powell. I mean, as a geologist, he could think of nothing more than going down through that river that had been, you know, kind of
3: uh,
1: etched out through the centuries and exposing the canyon walls and... So it was really fascinating for him. So, Anyway, Powell and his companions made plans for an expedition down the, the Grand River, which joined the Green River to form the Colorado. So in 1868, he, uh, funded by a number of government agencies and railroads and colleges, he uh, planned one more scouting trip. So to add to the impressions of the Colorado's tributaries, uh, he got information from others. He talked to the Indians who traveled in the area. Uh, he talked with some Mormons who had been uh, exploring that area. Uh, there were several settlements, and he talked to them uh, mountain men who'd kind of crossed through back and forth around through there. he talked to them so he he did really uh you know prepare pretty well mm-hmm. but no one really knew the whole picture I mean he got bits and pieces from these people so over the next few months, Powell got backers for his expedition uh, and he'd actually invested most of his own money so here we are May of eighteen sixty nine Powell and nine other guys uh set off on this adventure. Now, in in fact, including one of his own brothers, a guy named Walter. But they had four wooden boats uh, and they set out at Green River, Wyoming. And they intended to travel about 800 to 1,000 miles downstream, first on the Green River, then on the Colorado. And so this began one of the greatest expeditions of discovery in the West. And one of the most difficult. Now, Powell had actually designed these boats himself. Three of them were about 21 feet long, the fourth was only about 16 feet, and they left Green River uh, in southern Wyoming and carried provisions to last about 10 months. And he kept a detailed journey of uh, journal of all the trip, and they made uh, scientific measurements. Uh, he was constantly on a look for specimens of rocks and fossils. And uh, anyway, the second day out on the trip, uh, three of the boats ran aground on a sandbar. So mm. They're out there in the water trying to move these boats. Uh, so at first they probably thought, oh, this is going to be rough, you know, because we're going to be hanging up on sandbars. Then they got the place called Flaming Gorge. Uh-oh. You've heard of that?
2: Yes, I have. You know what? I'm going to have you just stop just for a minute, take a big okay. breath of fresh air, and I got to do a commercial real quick. Okay, okay no ladies and gentlemen. We have just ended part of our uh, survey of being on a sandbar, and now we're approaching Flaming Gorge. Stand by. Don't forget Whipple's Book Plaza, two 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 West Eleventh Street in Burley. I know that Doctor History's been over there. Then you can uh, stop by and catch all the Christmas spirit with a copy of the new movie called Christmas Oranges on sale. For for just sixteen ninety nine, Get a start on all your Christmas shopping right there at Whipple's Book Plaza. Books, they've got all new and used. Over 250,000 books. You better believe it. It's amazing. And they've got candle sets and silk flowers and jewelry. Everything. The Book Plaza definitely has it all. And it's also the home of the National Pioneer Hall of Fame. Whipple's Book Plaza with our dear friend, Colonel Dale Whipple. 222 West 11th Street in Burley. Wishing you a very Merry Christmas. And now, ladies and gentlemen, before our commercial break, our uh, group
1: was traveling down into the Flaming Gorge. Okay. Now, keep in mind, if you picture in your mind the map of uh, this whole area, we're just barely getting started. Okay. So, the Flaming Gorge, northern Utah, you know, is deep, dark, full of rapids. And uh, sometimes the rapids were so violent that the men had to lower the the boats downstream with long ropes. Mm. And Throughout the first few weeks, they actually had plenty to eat. They had, they shot grouse and deer and mountain sheep, and, uh, you know, as they went along, it, it wasn't too bad, uh, They saw, but as they kept going, they found fewer and fewer animals to shoot, to eat, so things were starting to get a little bit uh, scarce, but uh, uh, anyway, uh, June 8th, they came down through an area called uh, the Canyon of Lodor, and I couldn't find it on the map, but uh, they could hear the roar of the rapids, and they could see the mist rising above the surface, and it would actually be one of the worst stretch of rapids they had yet encountered. And the river dropped 10 feet in some places and 20 feet in others, and, uh, you know, I mean, these little boats were swirled through the rapids and over the falls, and, I mean, the oarsmen worked hard to keep these boats headed downstream and away from the rocks, and the others were frantically bailing water, and, I mean, you've been over here to the cauldron, Lynn. Oh, That's yeah. has got to be, I'm going to guess, at least 20 feet, just just a guess.
2: Oh, yeah, at least. And I'll tell you what, that scares me to death. You know, when you think about these early explorers, and really, once they're there, there's no getting away from it. Oh, man, that was dangerous.
1: Yeah. Well, then one of the boats uh, came down through the rapids. It filled with water, crashed into some rocks. And crumble. So Uh-oh. the men inside were thrown into the water, and all of them made it to a small kind of sandbar. And one of the other boats came over and rescued them. So now we've got ten men with three boats, uh, but they'd lost about two thousand pounds of supplies—food, oh clothes, ammunition, cooking gear. Yeah. So the party decided that they would portage around what remained of those rapids, and uh, for four long days they would haul their gear back and forth, up and down. Uh, and the boats to get them below the falls so and then they had to drag each boat and lower it downstream I mean it was a lot of work did they and manage to
2: salvage it? anything as far as did anything float that they could get downstream later on
1: you know I don't know they, it doesn't say that I, you know I'm assuming some of that stuff would have probably washed ashore yeah but so all that, their
2: guns and everything had to go didn't it
1: oh yeah yeah ammunition that would have gone yeah. right to the bottom yeah so but anyway finally it widened out into the Colorado and by now they've been traveling a month, and uh, at this point they came to a place where they hiked out of the canyon and went to an Indian village. Uh, you went to Indian village, and they got some more supplies. Uh, and I know we're running out of time, and I've still got more to go here. But This
2: may be a two-part but, story with Dr. History. <laughs> oh, I think I can get through it. Okay. Uh,
1: anyway, the, the eastern people thought that uh, these guys drowned because they hadn't heard anything about them. Uh, Well, didn't they have cell phones? uh, They must have lost them in the water. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So by now they'd been five weeks and they went about 300 miles. But the rest of the journey was going to be even worse and harder. So uh, turn the page. Okay, here we go. Uh, (laughs) On July 6th, some of the men got really, really sick because they'd... They found an abandoned garden and they, uh, that somebody had planted, and they ate some of it, and it was bad. They, they got really sick.
2: Oh, that's interesting so, to know right before lunch.
1: Yeah, but and then another day, the, the wave swamped another boat, and they lost more of their gear. Oh, my. Uh, stuff swept away. And uh, then they got to an area where the water was kind of slow, and then they had to row. So now they traveled almost 400 miles, and they came to the main part of the Colorado. And this, no one had ever traveled it, no maps existed. Well, on the very first day on the Colorado, another one of the boats swamped and men lost more supplies. Uh, It was hot, I mean, they were cold, I mean, you know, they wept all the time. Uh, Anyway, they managed to shoot a couple of mountain uh, desert sheep and that helped them a little bit, but the rapids were getting worse. And every day they started portaging around these uh, to keep from drowning and losing more gear. Uh, so now they've been traveling for about 10 weeks. Well, uh, early one day they uh, lost another sack of flour. Now they're down to hardly any food. Uh, you know, it, so it, it's getting rough on these guys, and they're, they're not real content with this. Um, anyway, they actually encountered a small group of native Indians, who, and they got some melons and vegetables, and that mm. helped. Yeah. But here they've been going now for about three months. Well, three of the men decided to quit said, we've had enough. So they climbed out of the canyon. Now there's only six explorers left.
2: Now whereabouts are they that they climbed out of the canyon?
1: You know, just from what I'm gathering, I'm thinking it's down around into Arizona.
3: Okay. All right.
1: So they, the, anyway, the party pressed on. Oh, and I forgot to tell you earlier, I skipped over a part. One of the guys did drown. Uh-oh. Uh, back earlier when when that first boat went under, they did lose a guy. Okay. So, anyway, uh, then on August 29th, without warning, the rapids disappeared, and they'd made it. They became the first to explore the length of the Colorado. They came out of the canyons and uh, through a broad desert, and here was a group of Mormons that lived next to the river, and they looked up and saw these guys coming down the river and thought, where in the heck did you guys come from?
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And the ironic thing is the three men that had left and climbed out, they got killed by Indians. Uh-oh. See, what had happened is there had been some white men that had killed some Indians, and so when these guys came out of the canyon and were walking along the desert, the Indians assumed that these were the guys that had killed their, the Indians, and so they killed these three white guys, so obviously they, they never made it.
2: Stay That's with the- your boat even if it doesn't float.
1: That's right. That's right. But John Wesley Powell was an instant celebrity, and uh, actually in 1871, he did the trip again.
2: (laughs) The guy was nuts.
1: (laughs) He was nuts. You know, he died in 1902 at the age of 68. But, you know, before he did this, like I say, I think he was really well prepared because... uh, as compared to guys like Zebulon Pike and some of those guys. There you go. you got
2: to run down Zebulon Pike, my namesake. <laughs> yep, always got to cut him. Well, I just should have said
1: Pike. There you go. <laughs> but because uh, he'd actually, Powell had actually floated down the Missouri. He'd floated down the Illinois River. Uh, he'd. Uh, but nothing with rapids like what we're talking well, about.
2: Well, I was going to say the Illinois River. Come on, give me a break. I've floated down the Illinois River for heaven's sakes. Yeah, I mean those those places
1: are nothing compared to what we're talking about. Yeah, and,
2: and you I, can look I, it up in the history book, Zebulon Bell.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I floated down the Middle Fork of the river, uh, Salmon, and I floated down the Locksaw uh, River, and man, they are exciting, fun whitewater trips uh but my friend instead of and i've got a friend right now that's on the colorado floating and uh he's this is about his third time and he said it is just about nothing to compare with it tell him
2: not to climb out of the canyon somebody will shoot him (laughs) do not leave the canyon. (laughs) of
1: course the stuff they have now you know is so much better i mean the the rubber rafts of course and the kayakers and you know it's it's a whole different ballgame now mm-hmm. compared with you know a wooden boat when it hits a rock that's it's it's pretty well done nothing
2: gets so. by you
1: dr history <laughs> <laughs> but uh... you anyway, that's john Wesley Powell, and it, i've heard about him and read about him but i thought you know i've never told you about him so now
2: you're going to tell me that that's what they named or who they named lake powell after
1: you know that could just be a real coincidence, but I think you're right.
2: <laughs> Thank you, sir.
1: <laughs> See that it's just let you know astute. that
2: I'm listening.
1: <laughs> you're you're a very astute listener. Yes.
2: <laughs> Besides <laughs> that, it's my program. Just agree with me.
1: <laughs> well, that's true. He did pretty anyway, good with a guy with one guy, arm. You know, to I mean, I've I came out of a boat uh, floating down the Middle Fork, and even going down with a life jacket on, you get sucked under and spit out and. Uh I've got a great respect for whitewater rafting.
2: I didn't like it. I went uh I went down the river of no return and I made a vow that uh, I would never be that stupid again.
1: Well, it's not forgiving. No. No. You know, I you know, it seems like almost every year we hear of somebody that uh, doesn't make it.
2: Well, I tell you what, uh, while we were about 10 feet under the water and bubbling and watching fish swim by my ears, I thought to myself, there is a much better time on dry land.
1: Yeah, stick to golf. Yeah,
2: there you go. <laughs> hey, you did a good job on that, talking about old Powell, the one-armed uh, yeah. geologist. I like that.
1: And, and he, he would actually climb up the cliff. To study the rocks and the the specimens and one thing or another, and uh, in fact, there's one time that he actually fell about ten or twenty feet. To, you know, he only had one arm, and they actually had to get a rope and rescue him from a from a kind of a cliff thing that he'd fallen over, and so he almost died, just not in the water, but falling falling off of a cliff. Because, like I say, he'd go exploring every time they'd camp for the night. He'd,
2: the guy really had a, the guy had some problems. I mean, uh, if he fell in the water, he could only swim in a circle. I mean, he, he was just really having some problems.
1: Yeah, yeah, he, uh, he did have some problems there. But like I say, I just reading about him, I'm I'm pretty impressed with this guy. Like I say, preparation wise and knowledge and uh, uh, to go down something like that. That's pretty amazing. Like I say, I think I said he designed these boats. Yeah, and actually had them built extra. Uh, strong. Uh, so they, they were stronger than the typical rowboats of the time, of the day.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, he does it every week right here during this time slot. He just gets us further and further engrossed into the historical events of our past. It is Dr. History's time on Zeb at the Ranch, and we really appreciate it.
0: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? Dot com and check out noom's first ever cookbook the noom kitchen for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living available to buy now wherever books are sold